Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ's Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I am Dr. Alfred Fisher, and I want to thank you for spending a few moments with us today. As a reminder, uh, our live stream is going to be on at 11 a.m. Feel free to watch that on Facebook. Look us up at Christ Covenant Church, McAllen, and join us. This morning, before we begin, I'd like to, uh, to pray. I feel that prayer is often a missed function in life. It is a vital source for us. So our Father in heaven, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are grateful for the unmerited favor and grace that you have bestowed upon us. Father, we recognize that we're not worthy of that. We recognize that we are not worthy of your mercy, but we thank you for extending your hand of mercy to us. Lord Jesus, we come in your name to receive from your word, from your Holy Spirit, that we might learn, that we might be discipled, that we might be molded more in your image, that we would have a fire in our bones, a fervor in our bellies for you. Lord, would you bless this message today? Would you bless those who hear it? May you cause us to draw closer to you. May we see your cross. May we cling to the tenets of your holy word. We ask, Lord, that you bless this time this morning. In Jesus' holy name we ask it. Amen. I am titling this message, what was lost is found, part two. We're going to continue in Second Kings because I feel it is important for us to recognize the momentous steps that were taken during a time in which a nation had been divided into two. You see, the, you have Judah and then you had Israel a divided nation. That's not unlike what we have today. Things have become so polarized today that we have the right and we have the left, and we have people arguing, well, just be somewhere in the middle. And our world is looking for answers. But we have the answers found in the holy pages of Scripture. We have the answer set before us in the annals of time. Far too often we run looking for a new solution to an old problem. And you've probably heard this phrase before that those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. Well, my friends, we have history repeating. But what I want us to see today is that we can actually learn 
from the righteousness put forth from history. I want to go back and read to you a few verses at the start of 2 Kings chapter 22. And then I want to take us into chapter 23. Starting at verse 1, it reads, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah of Boscoth. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left meaning he did not deviate from the path of righteousness of which he had been taught, which is important for us to understand and accept. Now, I want to also take you into verse 8 and following before we get into chapter 23. And verse 8 says, And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord, and Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and Hakiam the son of Shaphan, and Akbor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Asiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go ye, inquire the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book, to do according unto all that which is written concerning us. Now before we go on, I want us to understand that we had read that Josiah had done what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He did not deviate to the right or to the left. He had learned from his fathers and was walking in a path that was righteous and acceptable before God. But yet, his nation was not. The house of the Lord was in great disrepair. So much so that they had to fill the breaches in the walls. They had to take and hire the masons, hire the woodworkers, hire all these different groups of people to come in and rebuild the house. Which tells you the spiritual decline of the people. Now let's take that a step further. They had found the book in the law, of the law, in the house of the Lord paramount. We went over last week how 
Jesus was about his father's business and was found in the temple. But I want you to walk with me, if you will, into chapter 23, because the king does something that is profound that I would challenge our local leaders, our county leaders, our state leaders, our federal leaders to do. You see, if we want to turn a nation around, if we want to cause righteousness and holiness to abound in this land and not just give it lip service and not just complain about the woes and the terrible things, we have to acknowledge the sin that is in our land. We have to acknowledge the sinfulness of our own hearts. We have to acknowledge the things that we have done that are contrary to the will and the law of God, that we have transgressed the covenant relationship that we have with God. We have forsaken Him, and we wonder why we are now not receiving the full blessings that we once did. Why our nation is starting to be plagued. Why our churches are in decline. Why the immoral nature is being celebrated rather than abhorred. We must develop a heart that we love the things in which God loves and hate the things that God hates. Now, I'm not talking about a vitriol for us to go out and have open disdain on on people or actions. What I'm talking about is that it becomes repugnant in our nostrils, so much so that we cannot stand the stench of the sin. We want to remove the excrement from our camp that we would not step in it because we walk with a holy God. Now, my friends, look with me into chapter 23 of 2 Kings, starting in verse 1. And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great, And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. Now before we progress, I want to break this down for you. Notice you have the king. He is the leader of the entire nation. He is the one set over to govern, to rule, to guide the country. And then it says here that he says, and, he, and the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, with him. And then it says, the priests, and all the peoples, both small and great. And it has all the elders in verse 1. Now what this means is that he took those levels of people, both civil government and religious government, the priests and the prophets, the religious leaders, those who were in charge of the offerings, those who were in charge of the worship, those who were in charge of providing the Word of God for guidance, and the civil leaders, those who handled the matters 
of the state, the civil laws, the enforcement, the safety thereof. And from that, you have that covering where the people, it says both small and great, and that's not referring to their personal stature, that's referring to their sphere of influence. From the wealthy to the poor, everyone came unto the house of the Lord. Now listen, listen to what took place. It says that they read it in all their ears, so everyone heard. There was no discrimination. Everyone received the word from the book of the law. Now look at what took place in verse 3. We have something so profound. It didn't start with the, the least person. It didn't start there. It was the king. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord. And look at what it says. To walk after the Lord and to keep His commandments and His testimony and His statutes with all their heart, with all their soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. Here's what happened. Through this act, all the people standing, the king making this covenant, you had an entire nation that was once again consecrated to follow the holy, righteous God of Israel. Consecrated to be obedient unto the house of Israel, unto the God of Israel, to follow Him. Look at what it said that they were to do. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep His commandments, His testimonies, His statutes with all their heart and with all their soul. There was no exclusion. Their entire being was that they were to follow the commands, the statutes, the testimonies of Almighty God. They were once again, as a nation, gathered together, consecrated unto following the God of Abraham. Now my friends, they didn't just make this covenant and then go about their way. You see, that is the problem that we have today. Most people, when they come to profess Christ, they make this promise, they make this covenant relationship with God, and then they just walk away. They just say, oh, I did it. We're good. But no, it doesn't stop there. It does not stop there. Remember that this nation, this people, were backslidden. They were idolaters. They had walked away from the Lord their God. Does that sound familiar? How many churches today, how many people who profess to be Christians just offer lip service? They want to go and be entertained. They want to go and have a good time. They want to have their best life right now. They want to have all that they can get and be comfortable with the things of the world. But that's not what God has called them to do. 
That's not at all what they were led to do. When they are brought forth out of Egypt, they are brought forth out of captivity, out of bondage, out of an idolatrous nation, out of a polytheistic nation that abhorred the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, my friends, I would submit to you that our nation is at a point where it abhors the righteousness of God. It would rather indulge itself in the greed, the lust, the envy, and then wonder why they receive all the cursings that come along with it. They'd rather bathe themselves in sensuality than have themselves clothed with the righteous robe of God. And now look at verse 4. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the door to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord. Now this should cause your heart to ache because if we were to actually admit it ourselves, we would find much of this today commanded all these religious leaders to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal and for the grove and for all the host of heaven, and he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried the ashes of them to Bethel. And he put down the idolatrous priests who the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places round about Jerusalem, them also that burned incense unto Baal, to the sun, to the moon, and to the planets, and to all the hosts of heaven. And he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord, which without Jerusalem, unto the brook of Kidron, and burned it in the, in the brook Kidron, and stamped it small to powder, and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. And he brake down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah, and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba, to Beersheba, and break down the high places of the gates that were in the en- entering in the gate of the of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on a man's left hand at the gate of the city. Nevertheless, the priests of the high places came not up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they did eat the unleavened bread among their brethren. Now, before I go on. I want you to see something. Did you notice how proliferated, how widespread the idolatry and the paganism was in their land? So the king did not just take this lightly and say, okay, guys, we made a promise. Now go about your way. No, what did he do? He sent out the leaders and they removed everything, everything 
every aspect of paganism. Why? Because they did not want to intermingle it with the faith of God. And you say, well, we can't do that today. Our society is free. We don't have a king. We have presidents. We have senators. We have representatives and governors. Well, my friends, I'm not calling for a violent uprising. What I'm calling for is for the people of God to repent, to start cleaning the houses of God, and start living a sanctified life before God so that we would be a sanctified people who fears God, who honors God, who reverences God, who respect the house of God, who want to walk in accordance with all the commands, all the testimonies, and all the statutes of a holy God, and let the people of God be so distinctive that they are not embracing the carnal nature of what society deems to be acceptable. Let us once again be a distinct and separate people that when they see us, when they see you, when they see me, they will know that we are a follower of Almighty God and that His righteousness will pour forth through the land. Now, that's going to be uncomfortable for some people because it has to start, one, at home. Two, it has to start in the house of God. So if, if you're going to a church and it's all about the entertainment and, man, you feel great afterwards because the songs pumped you up and you're choking on the, the smoke and you're blinded by the lights and your ears are ringing after the service, you might want to question where it is you're going. Because... If the Word of God is not convicting you, changing you, causing you to move forward in a holy righteousness, are you actually going to church or are you going to a social club? Are you going because your friends are there and, oh man, they got great activities and it's so much fun? Well, my friends, there's a time and place for entertainment. But I tell you this, the house of God is not it. When we come into the house of God, we as believers are here to worship the one true living God. We are here to learn of Him. We are here to become more like Him. We are here that we would forsake our sins. We are here because He died upon Calvary's tree for us. Now, my, my dear friends, are you willing to remove the high places in your life? Are you willing to stop the idolatrous nature? Are you willing to forsake those things? And you say, well, I don't worship idols. I don't have these little things in my house. Oh, really? I would challenge you. What gives you first and foremost thought in your day? Do you bow your head to a, a cell phone? You can't wait to go and play that new game? Maybe it's your boat. Maybe it's that new car. Maybe it's the money in your bank account. And you're saying, well, I just want to be comfortable. 
Really? Okay. Now look at your budget. Look at your budget. Where do you spend most of your money? Oh, it's your house. Really? Is your house an idol? Possibly. Do you have to have the biggest and best and most latest improvements in your home, in your neighborhood? Do you have to keep up with the Joneses? Do you have to be swamped in debt? My friends, it's time for us as Christians to take and reorient our lives that we would remove all the high places, all the sacred cows that we would once again worship and fear the Almighty God. I challenge you today, as we're getting ready to wrap this up, I challenge you, will you make a covenant with God? Will you make that covenant that you would keep all of His commandments, all of His testimonies, all of His statutes, and that you would love the Lord your God and serve Him with all your heart, your mind, and your soul? Will you recommit your life today? Will you pour yourself into the study of the Word? Will you pour yourself into the ministry? Now, that word ministry is often confused. So let me explain what ministry is. Ministry is not just being a pastor. Ministry is not just being a preacher or a deacon or an elder. No, ministry means service. Will you give yourself to the service of the Lord? Will you seek after Him that you would know what He has called you to do? Is He causing you to have your hand to the plow in a certain aspect of life? And will you do it in a way that exemplifies God? That's your ministry. It's not about appeasing the good old boys club. It's not about being politically correct. It's about giving yourself into the ministry of the God who saved your soul, who redeemed you from hell, who caused you to be a new creation. Be that living, loving, breathing example of Christ to your neighbor. Will you love your neighbor as yourself? Will you honor God in all things? Well, I'm going to close it with that today. Tune in at 11 o'clock for much more detail. And I want to invite you to go to our website. Send us an email. Send us a message on Facebook. If you want to support this broadcast and support this ministry, you can go there onto our uh, Facebook page or onto our website, and you can actually give there. You can donate. If you send us an email, we will get back to you. I want to encourage you. Go to ChristCovenantMcCallan.org. Check us out. Come see us when we're open. Let's get to know you, and you get to know us. My friends, be encouraged in Christ. Take this opportunity to go through the area where God has given you authority, that of your life, your family, and commit it to God. Cleanse your house. Set it right before God and serve Him in all things. Again. Check us out. Come visit us. Send us a message. Support our ministry that we 
can continue our broadcasts. May God bless you and keep you. May you be encouraged. God bless.